You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Welcome. It's Thursday. And we're ready. Are you ready for the How to Win podcast? Listen, it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time in the Word today. So I want you to call someone, tag a friend, let them know we're on. We're ready to go. We're talking about moving past the quit zone, moving past the quit zone. Have you ever wanted to quit, felt like quitting, or maybe have quitted something We're talking about moving past that zone where you give up and you throw your hands in the air. The theme in this series is a short series, about six lessons is a short series. The theme in this series is how to overcome disappointment, discouragement, and depression from aborting your dreams and derailing you. How to overcome disappointment, discouragement, and depression from aborting your dreams and derailing you. God wants your dreams to come to pass, and God wants you to finish your race all the way to the end. Now, the three parts in this series, we're talking about disappointment, part one. We're talking about discouragement, part two, and we're talking about depression, part three. We finish our part one on disappointment. For the next two lessons, this lesson and a second lesson, we're going to be talking about discouragement. Discouragement. Now, this is an area that I almost feel like an expert on, not necessarily from a um, knowledge base, but from an experience, the experience side. I struggle with discouragement more than any other struggle or temptation in my life. For years, I struggle with discouragement. You know, people uh, often say, well, he or she need to overcome his or her demons. Well, it could have been said of me. I needed to overcome this discouragement. It was terrible. Felt like a heavy cloud was down on me. So I I really want to get into this. Each one of these uh, parts, I have a subtopic. And my subtopic in this area of discouragement is throwing in the towel. Throwing in the towel. This is lesson one. Throwing in the towel. Now, throwing in the towel is a phrase that comes from the boxing world, which means or has to do with a fighter indicating surrender. 
a fighter or his trainer indicates surrender. They throw in the towel. It means to admit that you're defeated. It means to admit that you cannot do something anymore. Now, notice that. Throwing in the towel, a phrase from the boxing world in which a boxer, fighter, or his trainer indicates surrender. It means to admit that you're defeated. It means that you cannot do something anymore. You're throwing in the towel. Now, listen at this statement. Uh, the sole agenda of discouragement, the sole agenda of discouragement is to influence believers to throw in the towel, to throw in the towel. So let's talk about discouragement. I'll give you a couple of definitions. And then we're going to look at a proof text. What is discouragement? Discouragement is a feeling of having lost hope or confidence, a feeling of having lost hope or confidence. Discouragement, secondly, is a feeling of frustration to the point of giving up, a feeling of frustration to the point of giving up. I want us to look at two proof texts concerning first Moses and then the children of Israel. In Exodus, pardon me, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 through 15, Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 through 15, I'll read from the New, the New Living Translation. Moses at this point is fed up. He's fed up with the people. He's leading nearly 2 million people in the wilderness. He's fed up with their complaining. He's fed up with God. He's throwing in the towel. Listen at what he says and beginning at the 10th verse. He's speaking, praying, or complaining to God. And Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. Now, listen at verse 15. You can tell he's discouraged. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Moses is fed up. He is super, extremely discouraged. And the people that he's leading, almost 2 million people, they're complaining, they're whining, they're dissatisfied with this, they don't like this, they need this, and, and, and really they just full of complaints, whining all over the place, and it just got on the inside of Moses' 
And notice how he turns uh, and projects his frustration. And he says, you the reason. Why are you, Lord, treating me like this? Why are you treating me so harshly? If you're going to do me like this, then just kill me. And then he asks all these, these questions like, why are you treating me so harshly? What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Where am I supposed to get meat for these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them? How can I carry them? How can I live them? It's too much. Why did you put all this on me? Moses is discouraged. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about throwing in the towel. Now, look at Numbers 21, 4. We see Moses' frustration, Moses' discouragement. Look, listen to the Israelites. Let's see what position emotionally they're in. In Numbers 21, 4, it says, And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. The soul of the people of Israel was much discouraged because of the journey, because of the way. They had hidden area, had hidden area where there was sand, just sand and gravel and rock and no water. Sand, gravel, rock, sand, gravel, rock, sand, gravel, rock. And they got their sandals on and the gravel is twisting their sandals and they, they feet hit the rock and the gravel and there's no water and they're sweating and they're sweating and they're so discouraged. So we see our context of both Moses and Israel. And I don't know about you. Like I said earlier, I've been at this place of discouragement. So today in this first lesson, we just want to look at why Satan wants believers to be discouraged and how can we know when we're discouraged? Why, why does Satan wants to discourage us? It took me years to realize it was Satan discouraging me. I would, I would, I was struggling so in so many different areas of my life. For years I was struggling. Then I would struggle in ministry. And then when the ministry began to grow and I began to enjoy some success and we had visible, physical, and spiritual success in our ministry, and I would preach a message to thousands of people, and then I would, stand in line for almost an hour and shake hands and people would tell me how much the message blessed them and I would get in my car and drive home or drive somewhere else and before I could get home, I'm discouraged or late that evening, I'm discouraged. I mean, it was just, it was just miserable. Discouragement is not a good thing. So why does Satan want believers to be discouraged? And maybe I'm talking to you today, and maybe you're discouraged. Why does Satan 
The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, Satan wants us to be discouraged. And why does he want us to be discouraged? Well, I looked up the Hebrew word of discourage. And when I looked up in my concordance, the Hebrew word of discourage, discourage or discouragement, I was just absolutely amazed at what discourage literally means in the Hebrew. And then I could see clearly, and you'll be able to see clearly why Satan wants believers to be discouraged. In the Hebrew language, and the Old Testament was written in, originally written in the Hebrew language, and you can take a strong concordance, another uh, Bible concordance, and look up what the Hebrew dis- word discouraged mean. And I came away with five, there may be others, but I came away with five definitions of the word discouraged. The word discouraged In the Hebrew, the Old Testament means to neutralize, to neutralize. And the word neutralize means to stop action or to keep someone from moving forward. To stop action or to keep someone from moving forward. Now, listen at that. So the discouragement is comes by Satan to stop my action. Apparently, there are some things that I'm doing, and if I will continue to do these things, I'll be successful. But Satan wants us to stop our action. He wants to keep us from moving forward. If he can stop us, from doing the things that we need to do to be successful. Naturally, there's some things that we need to do. Spiritually, confession, meditating the word, giving, all those things we need to do. But Satan wants to stop our action. He wants to neutralize us, and that's what discouraged means. It means to stop our action. I have to get Mike, to stop preaching, stop teaching, stop going down there to the church, stop ministering to those people, stop doing what he's doing. I got to keep him from moving forward. I don't want him to ever get blessed. I don't want him to prosper. I want to stop him from moving forward. Makes sense, doesn't it? So he wants to stop you from action. He doesn't want you to keep doing what you're doing because it's going to produce results if you keep doing it. So discouragement comes to neutralize us. The second word uh, that I discovered by looking up this Hebrew word, discourage or discouragement, it means to curtail. That's a that's interesting. To curtail, C U R T A I L, to curtail. The word curtail means to shorten or reduce by cutting off. To shorten or reduce by cutting off. Now listen at this. There are some dogs that have little short tails. Have you seen those short tail dogs? Now for the most part, and in most cases, 
those dogs were not born with short tails. They were the the trainers, the uh, people who uh, uh, grew those dogs and was instigating their birth. They cut their tails off, and it was kind of a fashion kind of thing. These dogs, it's almost like a fashion statement. They cut the tails off and kept them from growing out. Curtail. Now listen at this. Satan wants to curtail the fight. He wants to cut the fight off. He doesn't want you to finish the fight. Imagine you're in a ring and you have to go so many rounds to win. Well, Satan wants you to throw in the towel before you finish the rounds. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35, it says, do not cast away your confidence for your confidence has great recompense or reward. God says your your confidence, the confidence that you have, the belief that you have in your talent, your skill, your gifting, your anointing, what you since you're called to do, God says there's a great reward for you. But Satan wants you to curtail. He wants you to cut the fight short. He can't stop you, but he wants you to throw in the towel before the rounds end. He don't want you to fight the whole fight. That's why the Bible says fight a good fight. It's the fight that you finish. You got to finish the fight. James 1.4 says, let patience have her perfect work. Patience means constancy, consistency. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being consistent. Keep doing, being excellent. I know it doesn't look like it's producing fruit, but keep doing it. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be complete. You may be mature. You may lack nothing. That's what uh, God was saying to me. All those years that I was preaching and it seemed like I wasn't seeing a result. And I would go home and I'll be crying on the way home because nobody was coming to the church. Not many people was coming to the church. Nobody was responding. Nobody wanted to hear me preach. It just seemed like we just weren't producing results. But God wanted me to continue. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't end the fight. I learned during those days, just preach another sermon, Mike. Just preach another sermon. Just preach another sermon. You got to do what you do. Do it again. Keep doing it again. Don't let Satan curtail the fight. Don't let him shorten the fight. He don't want you to go because listen at this. Imagine a boxer in a ring fighting against another fighter. There are times when a fighter has been whipped the early rounds. In fact, sometimes they were knocked down in the early rounds, but they got up. They kept getting up and they end up winning the latter rounds. And in some case, knocked the fighter out and won the fight. But if they had stayed down, if they had allowed Satan to, to curtail the fight, 
throw in the towel, they would not have experienced the success in the latter rounds. I'm enjoying some success now in my latter rounds. What if I had thrown in the towel in those early days when no one was coming to the church, no one wanted to hear me to preach, uh, nothing seemed to be working? What if I had thrown in the towel? I'm saying don't throw in the towel. This word discouraged means to curtail. Number three, this word uh, in the Hebrew language, discouraged means to beat down. To beat down, to beat down, to emotionally beat you down with fear, beat you down with confusion. Satan wants to beat you down. Imagine a fighter in a ring now, and the fighter has punched this fighter, and the fighter falls to his knees, and the other fighter is standing over him, Hitting them with blows, hitting them with blows, hitting them with blows to beat down. That word uh, discouraged means to beat down. Satan wants to keep hitting you with sense information. He wants you to see this not working, see that not working, get this report. They don't accept this. They said no to this. And he wants to keep hitting you and pounding you and beat you down. And that's what discouragement is designed to do. It's designed to beat you so you'll throw in the towel. The fourth definition of this word discouragement is to faint with fatigue. Discouragement means to faint with fatigue. To faint. You just give out of energy. You just give out of energy. You just give out of energy. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying. I don't want to try no more. I've done this, been there, done that. I'm so tired. I don't want to practice. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to give. I don't want to try anymore. I don't want to help anybody else. I don't want to work at this anymore. I don't want to study anymore. Satan wants you to to faint with fatigue. That's why you have to be asking God for grace. Give you more grace. Give you more grace. You know what was interesting? What was interesting about those days? Things still try to come up from time to time and hit when we're discouraged, but I'm more mature now. I know how the game is played. I know what he's trying to do now. I know he's trying to get me to throw in the towel. And since I know that's what he wants me to do, I'm not going to throw in the towel. So discouragement comes even now. Now watch this, though. The interesting thing about those days, months, years, where I was so discouraged, discouraged in my marriage, discouraged in my ministry, discouraged in my efforts, discouraged in myself, discouraged in people. Those days where I was just so discouraged, I would go home and I quit. I must have quit, it seems like, a hundred times. I've been pastoring for 40 years. Actually, this is my 41st year of the church that I pastor now, Faith Chapel. But I pastored a Presbyterian church for a little over a year. So I'm, I'm in my 42nd year of pastoring. And I guess 
I may have quit maybe a hundred times. What I mean by quit is I would be so discouraged. I may preach at a Bible study or preach on a Sunday morning and I go home and I'm crying. I'm crying all the way home because things not working out, not seeing any fruit, not seeing any success. And I will say, I'm through with this. I quit. I'm through. I'm tired. God, I'm not going to do this anymore. I quit. I just quit. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm through with this. I'm just through with this. I'm through with it. I am through with it. And I would go to sleep having quit. It was just really amazing. When I wake up the next morning, nothing has changed. But but it seemed like I just had the desire to continue. That was the grace of God. It really was the grace of God. Because I quit that night. But that next morning when I got up, something on the inside of me, the vision, the dream on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, the grace of God on my life, it just helped me to not quit. And I'm saying the same thing to you. There's grace on your life. There's a call on your life. There's a person, purpose in your life. You dream the right dream. It is the right dream. You're going to win. You're going to make it. But Satan wants to hit you with all this sense knowledge information, this report, this person, this no, this let down, this not working. He want to hit you with all kinds of sis information so that you will throw in the towel. That's what Satan wants you to do. Give up on the dream and quit. I promise you this, and I bet that there are people who are listening to me right now can identify with what I'm saying. And I bet if you interview any highly successful person, any highly successful person at some point in their journey, at some point, it may have been early, it may have been late, it may have been in the middle of their journey, but at some point, they felt like quitting. And in some cases, the only difference between the successful and the failures is those who were successful, are successful, were not smarter, not necessarily more talented, in some cases, not more educated. In some cases, had no more, were not more wealthy. The difference in many cases between those who are successful and those who fail, who come up short, is those who are successful feel like quitting, but they refuse to throw in the towel. I just refuse to throw in the towel. And trust me, God graced me. So sometimes you have to ask God, God, give me more grace. Just give me more grace to keep doing what I'm doing. Give me the grace to trust you, the grace to do what I need to do, the grace to be consistent. And he'll give it to you. The fifth word and the final word in the Hebrew of the word Discourage, it means to crush in pieces, to crush in pieces. Think for a moment now. Discouragement 
is designed to crush you in pieces. Imagine a vessel or a bowl or something, and you take a hammer and you crush it in pieces. When you take that hammer and hit that vessel, you don't crack it in one place. We're not talking about a crack. We're talking about crushing the vessel in pieces. That's what discouragement is designed to do. It's designed to break us, to break us in pieces, little pieces. And the way Satan does it, he shows you all the things that's wrong about your life. And that's the where I was. He was trying to crush me in pieces. Because when I looked at my spiritual life, I I knew some scriptures, but I was struggling spiritually. I was struggling to hear God, struggling in, in my walk with God, trying to obey him. And I was making mistakes and spiritually. Emotionally, I, I was worried. I worried all the time. Mentally, I'm discouraging in my mind. My stomach physically, I, my stomach would hurt me in the morning because I was stressed. I, was, I wasn't dealing with this thing properly. So I wake up in the morning, my stomach would be hurting. It hurt till about noon. Every day I get up, my stomach was hurt. So spiritually, I'm struggling. Mentally, emotionally, I'm struggling. Physically, I'm struggling. Financially, man, listen, Pete and my wife and I, we were struggling big time, looking for in, in, in between seats for money to go out and eat, couldn't take vacations. We were struggling financially. When I looked at my marriage, and I've been married for 43 years. My wife is my very best friend. Nobody I would love to be with, want to be with more than her. I love my wife. She's my very best friend. But in those early days, man, we were struggling. So when I looked at my marriage, it was messed up. When I looked at ministry, people were staying away by the thousands. What was Satan doing? He was trying to crush me in pieces. He was showing me that there was nothing good in my life. And I was focusing on everything that was wrong. I wasn't looking at anything that was right. I wasn't taking in consideration the fact that I was born again. I was saved and spirit of God was in me and I had the word and I had faith. I was looking at what I didn't have. I can't do this. I ain't doing this. I didn't do this. Didn't this. I graduated from college. It didn't seem like it counted for nothing. You know, I was behind. I look at some other people. They seemed like they were farther ahead. Look at other churches. They seemed like they were farther ahead. He was trying to crush me in pieces. And that's what he's trying to do to some of you. He's trying to crush you in pieces by showing you everything. That's not the Holy Spirit showing you everything wrong in your life. That's Satan showing you. You're not this. You didn't do this. You hadn't accomplished this. You ain't this. You ain't this. He's trying to crush you in pieces. That's what the word discouraged means. In the New Testament, there's one verse that gives us some insight to discouragement. 
and the New Testament was written in the Greek language. It's Colossians 3.21. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they be discouraged. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they be discouraged. That word discouraged there in the Greek language means to be spiritless. It means to lack motivation. It says that fathers can be authoritarians and harsh disciplinarians and and um, perfectionists, and they can drive their kids to the point and provoke their kids to a point where they are discouraged or they're spiritless and they just lose all motivation. The kid has no motivation. So how does discouragement manifests itself. I'll give you five ways it manifests itself in closing. Discouragement manifests itself in disheartenment, to be disheartened. That means a loss of hope, a loss of confidence, a loss of hope and confidence that the obstacle, the criticism can be overcome. You're discouraged when you get to that point where you feel like the obstacle that I'm facing, the criticism that I'm dealing with can't be overcome, disheartened, depleted. You know you're discouraged when you have no energy, you have no drive, you have no initiative. You're physically, mentally, emotionally drained. You're discouraged. Number three, when you're doubtful, you're doubtful about the profitability of working harder. You just think, if I work hard, it doesn't matter. It's not going to help. I doubt the profitability. If I work harder, it's not going to matter. That's discouragement. If I do better, I work harder, I'm not going to please these people. Discouragement. Disillusioned. When you're disillusioned, you lost faith and trust and what you previously and had a prior trust and faithfulness is, I see people now, there are people who were strong in the word. They love the word. They were in church. They consistent in church. They no longer go to church. They're no longer in the word. They no longer believe in it anymore. They don't believe in that faith stuff anymore. They became disillusioned through discouragement and they finally detachment, detachment. They desire to separate themselves from the unpleasant and difficult situation. Moses said, well, just kill me. Just kill me. Do me a favor and kill me. Detachment. Get me out of this. I want out of this. Sometimes people detach themselves through daydreaming. They just go to another world through daydreaming. Other folk, they try to detach themselves through suicide. I'll just kill myself. I want to get away from this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just kill myself. Listen, I hope that you understand basically what you're dealing with. And that's all we wanted to do in this lesson. What is discouragement? How does it manifest itself? Why does Satan want us to be discouraged? Now, in our next lesson, 
that second lesson, we're going to talk about how do I disarm my discouragement? How do I disarm it? And you're going to hear some things that's going to literally set you free. And I thank God that I'm free from that discouragement. That heavy cloud don't sit on me anymore like it used to. Now, the enemy tries to attack me, but it's not the same anymore. I matured. And I'm going to show you in our next lesson how to disarm your discouragement. Thank you for spending this time with me. I trust you've been blessed and I pray that you have a great rest of the week.